0: Hey, welcome back to Grace Story Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Davison, and I'm so glad that you've joined us again today for episode number two. Uh, I'm so excited we have back on the, the podcast today founder and president of Grace Story Ministries, Amber Jones. Amber, how you doing?
1: Nate, it is so fun to be back on podcast number two and be joining in with you in this conversation again.
0: Yeah, you know, some of the topics we have today, um, you know, we're we're gonna get a little uh, heavy uh, because we're going through your story a little bit. Kind of what uh, inspired you to start Grace Story was your journey, uh, and we're gonna delve into that just a little bit. and I know last last podcast, guys, if you haven't listened to episode number one, you should really go listen to it. It talks about uh, the beginnings of Grace Story and, and the story of the ministry itself and the exciting first year that we had. But um, near the end of that, Amber, you talked about something that, as I listened to it, uh, and I know some of our listeners, as they heard it, were kind of shocked, um, it was a, you going to funerals and thinking, I wish that was me and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that sounds kind of suicidal, which is serious, but, um, I don't know. I wanted to give you a chance to kind of talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really great place to, to start here because, um, I think that was kind of the wake up call for me and realizing, wow, there's, there's something off. Um, when I would go to a funeral and realize, man, I'm just really jealous because they're done. And so it wasn't so much this idea of, um, suicidal or pain. Um, I like avoid pain at all costs. That is why I had all natural childbirth to avoid epidurals. Um, so pain is not my thing. However, um, there was something very appealing as I thought through the fact that these people were just done. They didn't have to think through, um, Anything, anything, what awaited them in the future, the unknowns, the, the parenting struggles or the need for wisdom and um, protecting their kids from, from pain in the future. And there's just so much there that I held responsibility for.
0: And I, I do think that on some level, you know, the people that are listening to this podcast, maybe not that deep, Uh, But on some level, they can relate to that feeling, Um, you know, because when we talk about trauma or adverse childhood events, things like um, reoccurring abuse or emotional abuse, having uh, someone in the house uh, who's an alcohol drug abuser, somebody who's been incarcerated, those types of things, and the list goes on. 67 percent of the population when they did a study um, they've been exposed to those things they've experienced it and you start to add those on top and they do yeah. have an effect on you um, so i think that there's an overwhelming majority of people that are dealing with trauma on some level and may not know the next step so thinking about that and you having that feeling at that moment um, and you call it your wake up call. What was the next step for you, and and how did you find it?
1: Yeah, well, I realized that this image that I was trying to perfect, um, that everything is fine, and I'm good, where we've got this great little family, and come from great little families, and I just realized this is not sustainable. I cannot keep living a lie, and it's not necessarily that, Our family wasn't doing good. It was just the pressure I put upon myself to keep up the image of perfection. I realized that this image of God that I had been teaching my kids, um, that at some point it was going to catch up with me and they were going to realize that I did not believe it. Um, I was teaching them about a God who loved them unconditionally, uh, who was intimately involved in every detail of their life. And for me, the God I served looked at more indifferent, vindictive, Um, the God who was waiting for me to mess up so he could show me how much he disapproved. Um, And so for me, I started realizing, okay, so as my kids get older and they start realizing that there's a disconnect here, um, there has got to, I've got to do my work. I have got to dig in. And so I literally stepped back from everything that I was doing ministry wise and just said, okay, I'm stepping back. God, you're going to have to show me. I believe that you are that God, but I, ha- I my head knows it, my heart does not. And I need you to show me who you are. Show me your character as you talk about it in the Bible. Show me who you are.
0: And you're talking about stepping back from ministry during that time, um, uh, you and, and your dad had, you know, started the healing process, um, and you were even sharing your journey, um, with other people, uh, around the country. Uh, is that right?
1: Yeah. So I had done, um, a little bit of counseling work before that. And at one point I had approached my dad and said, Hey, I think that, um, there are families that would really benefit from us talking about what our family has gone through. And, um, so we, we shared at churches and men's retreats. Um, I have an honorary membership at a all men's retreat, which is kind of fun. <laughs> Finding a place to go to the bathroom. Um, that was interesting.
0: So with um, with him, you know, going, that had to have been him going out on a limb, uh, something really brave for him to do. Um, cause that's, that's not easy to talk about, um, to walk through past mistakes, um, past things that are painful, um, and knowing that he had already started his restoration journey and he was on that and you were on that as well. Um, and then still needing to take a step back, you know, that had to have been challenging.
1: Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think I love that you're, you're giving credit there because there is something Nobody had ever done this before. I mean, especially in the church world, we live to cover this up, have more faith, get over with, you know, just don't talk about that. Because if if you were spiritual, hyper-spiritual people, heroes don't have those problems. And what we were discovering is very much the opposite. When we would share together people that we would consider spiritual heroes, we're not coming up to us saying, oh my goodness, I can't believe you did that. It was more, I cannot believe the bravery. Um, I appreciate so much and respect so much the on- honesty of your family to share. Um, and so, yeah, it took a lot of courage to step out and say, this was us. This is us now. And yeah, a lot of respect.
0: You know, I heard somebody say recently, um, something that just caught my ear and seems to apply here. They said, I've, I've never experienced uh, healing and growth in hiding something about myself. And that's not to say that you mm. should go out and just uh, tell the world your troubles and, and you know emphasize all the mistakes you've made and just woe is me. but you know there's something about sharing your success through um, that, that challenge, that mistake, yeah. and really, really emphasizing God's grace uh, that He's given you and sharing that story. So taking it back to uh, your stepping back from ministry, this sharing the story, the the healing journey you need to go on, you realize you have to just dive into it uh, and take some time. How did you overcome that fear um, of of facing this and what was it that you uh, went to? Where did you go? Who did you go to? Uh, How did you start?
1: I had a mentor friend who had been there the whole time. She'd been, she's a licensed counselor. Um, who had helped dad and I vet our talks just to make sure that they were um, accurate and that we were sharing the right kind of information, not oversharing. And, you know, as we gave our talks, I want to just add this quick. We were were very intentional about letting people know this was not, because this is a daughter and father talking together. So we were very intentional about letting people know this is not about Um, hidden sexual abuse, anything like that. And yet this is just us sharing from a family who experienced dysfunction. Um, So it wasn't about oversharing very specific stories. It was all about making sure that what we did share was relatable.
0: And honestly, I think that everybody can relate on some level because any family that says they're not dysfunctional, Uh, they're, they're lying. Uh, we're, every family is dysfunctional.
1: We have a conference for that. Um, so, so my, my friend Rebecca mentor friend had just kind of stood in the wings and said, Hey, if this ever gets too much and you feel like maybe there's a little bit of help that you need, just, I'm here to talk. And so, um, at the beginning of all of this, So we we had shared a story many, many times, and I started realizing, well, I have shared the stories, but I'm realizing I've never gone back to feel those stories. And so while my personality can share them all day long, it was a lot harder to go back and feel them and the impact of some of the things that had happened. And so one day at IHOP, um, Rebecca sat there across from me and said, I, I would like for you to, to know something. I do this, and I'm not trying to be dramatic, but on a scale, PTSD scale of one to 10, you're up here and, and kind of gestured toward the 10 side of it. And as I sat there, that was my first time to hear from a professional that said, you have baggage in so many words and for me to feel completely normal. And I remember leaving that IHOP and telling Darren, it's so weird to have someone who knows and can see the signs tell you that you're broken and you know there's something off, but is it really that bad?
0: I do think that sometimes people can get so compartmentalized um, and separated from their emotions, it almost becomes a pride thing like, I can take anything. You whip it at me, I can take it. Um, And sometimes their uh, emotions, uh, they're sacrificed for that.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, And there was some of that. I mean, I definitely carried that. And one of my roles, so my role, everybody has a different role that they carry in their family. And that is going to inform how you interact, and um, how you perceive the trauma that's happening, the dysfunction. Um, my role was that of a hero. And so projecting that everything's fine, we've got a good image, um, as long as I'm the perfect child, nothing's going to you know, touch me. And um, living a lie, living a lie to others, living a lie to myself, because and that really makes it so it, it's impossible. You cannot afford to let people get close.
0: So you, you're you in this place, you've had the realization that you need to do the work. Your mentor tells you, yes, you do need to do the work. Um, where did you go? How did you know where to go?
1: So because she was a licensed counselor, and I believe God brought her into my life for that reason, um, to help me get started, And but not everybody has that person, that's why we started Grace Story, was so that we could be that person for um, those that are ready to get help. We can help connect you with those first steps. But gratefully, um, Rebecca was able to hook me up with a a group therapy um, man. And, and, you know, you went in there. I went in there, and I was so cynical. Here I am. You know, I've got I'm the perfect child image. I've got this going on. I'm doing fine, but I know I need some help, so let's go get it, get this done. And I went in there so cynical of the process and I'm watching these people do their thing and I'm like I mean you know they know this is all just like made up right then it was my turn to get into the chair so I I go into the I'm sitting in this chair in this group you know think four people at AA type thing I mean there's only four of us um, and then our our counselors and I'm sitting in that chair and I'm thinking okay so they say tell your story right So I tell part of my story and I realize I could not lift my head. Like I physically could not lift my head and I sat there and we're talking a few minutes in and I'm not lifting my head and I'm crying, which I don't do. I don't cry on the notebook. Like you can't make me cry at this point in my life. And um, this is just beautiful, beautiful championing man that was the counselor there said, so why do you feel you can't lift your head? And I said, because I'm embarrassed. I don't think my story is worthy of being here. Um, It's not really that bad. And he said, "I, I need you to lift your head. And could you do that for me? And so Somehow I found the courage and I looked up and I had already heard these other women's story. And I mean, we're talking about incredible physical abuse, incredible. I mean, the stuff you would just hear in social services, the, these, these women had been through it. And I just was like, my story is nothing compared to that. What, why am I here? And I looked up and they had tears in their eyes and they said, Amber, your story has touched us deeply and it's not that it's the same like in other words not the same circumstances but each one of them spoke into my story and how it had identified with them on some level and i started realizing wow okay there's something about the camaraderie of hearing from another human your story is real and valid and you are a valued person that started speaking some truth into my wounded heart.
0: You know, I think it's important uh, for people to realize because we can can shove off, you know, my story, like you said, isn't that bad. Um, Maybe I don't remember it the right way. Um, There's people that are hurt worse than me. Saying those types of things um, is just delaying the help that you need. The healing that God wants for you, um, and it's a hard first step. And I want to take a, a moment to step back to to something. You have a mentor. She's a licensed mm-hmm. counselor. She's a close friend. Um, can you dive into and go a little bit deeper? Why not her? Why not just keep these IHOP dates up? Why not keep on going to her and really, you know, just explode, you know, once a week and, and, and just that cathartic, just get it out there. Cause that seems to, to make you feel better. Um, and that's healing, right? You know, w- can you dive into that a little bit more why you had to go to somebody else?
1: Yeah, I think that, Oh, that's so good because that's what we all tend to do. We have those support people and we need a supportive community in order to really dig deep in our work. Um, so important. But even though she was a licensed counselor, she was able to give me, I mean, great insight. But one thing, if she really took me on as a client, then we couldn't have outside um, social interaction because that's just illegal. Um, but for another reason, um, it was good for me to find someone who could, in, where I was not trying to please them. So this is someone, Rebecca was someone that was kind of that mom figure. And so I really wanted to please her and, and get all I could and, and just the same idea of I'm fine. And so being able to find another counselor, which she helped set me up with someone that she trusted and um, being able to go to that person and just get really unbiased, objective help.
0: That's great. I I think uh, touching on that and understanding that it can't just be your friend. It can't be that person that that you know you do trust and you want to go to. But it's not just a phone call once a week, and it's not just a dinner date. It's hard work, something that you go to and invest in.
1: Right, because otherwise it becomes a band aid. Those conversations become a band aid. You temporarily feel better. You really, I mean, there really is something cathartic about emptying your soul. And that's great. But the work is so much more than doing talk therapy. So talk therapy you can get with a friend. When we talk about diving deeper, doing the work, leaning in, trusting the process, all these phrases that you'll hear counselors use and you say like, okay, but what does that actually mean? It means having someone there that, can, that understands how your brain works, what trauma does to your body and you, and how it affects you as a person, a whole person, and knowing how to help you navigate that process to get things back online, to kind of reset that brain, to uncover those traumas and, and move forward through them.
0: So I really want to jump into, you know, you're talking about your work. You're really deep into it. You know, you're in these groups and, and people are are. Connecting with you on some level, they're they're understanding what you're going through. So after this uh, message from our sponsor, I want to talk about the breakthrough um, and you know the positive things that you you experienced in your journey. So Grace Story Ministries is sponsoring this podcast, and they are uh, wanting you to know about the Grace Story Community page on Facebook. Just started up. This is a place where you can expect to find safe conversation, so honest questions and dialogue, live teaching videos by our master's level and field experts, and so much more. Ryan Waters has already shared on there. We're going to have uh, LaShonda Suggs sharing about grounding. And then we're also going to have Sarah Fry. She's going to be back talking about some things to deal with your children uh, during this time of seclusion and quarantine. The men and women who are part of our email subscriber family have access to this. So if you haven't already, run over to the website, gracestoryministries.com, and subscribe. So Amber, you're going through this deep journey. You know, people are connecting with you like we talked about. Um, Tell me about a time you saw a breakthrough for yourself and what that looked like for you. What was that experience like?
1: So I think if we go back to that same therapy group that just really started this all, and here I'd gone in so cynical and just really thinking, you know, can this really be any different? I've already done some therapy. Yeah, we just talked a lot, but I mean, how is this really different? And in that three day session, um, I came face to face with the, the shame that I had carried because of the messaging I had received, um, as a child. And I had just carried this in. And so my counselor was saying, this is an opportunity for you to give that shame back and not carry that anymore. So I sat there and I literally was wrestling back and forth. I mean, my hands were going back and forth as if you were weighing something on a scale. And um, I realized this, this is not just an act. This is really a pivotal moment for me in which if I say yes, I know that what I'm saying is, I am giving back the only identity I have ever known in 33 years. My role in my family of caretaker and being, in my view, responsible for the safety of my family and um, just the protector. I am going to have to give that up. And I still carry that role as a 30 year old woman. Am I willing? To give that up, am I willing to change in and accept who I am now? And here's, here's the where the struggle came. That's all I'd ever known. If I said yes and gave that back, who was I? And I didn't know. I don't know who I would be if I didn't carry that role. And would I be loved? Would I be lovable? Was there any redeeming quality to the me without playing the hero? And I did not have the answer to those things. And yet, a part of me was really scared that what I would find was no, if you're not perfect, you are not lovable. And so I really sat there wrestling, wrestling through that. And I finally just said, okay, I'm going to give this a chance, and I give this back. And there's something when you're doing this work that you'll brush up against those moments. And I'm, I, I want to be really honest here. In about three and a half years of work, I probably only had about five of those moments where there was a physical shift that happened in my body where I could feel, feel this breaking away. Um it's really hard to explain if you haven't had it. But, you know, in, in the Christian circles we'll say when you become a Christian, um, you know, weight is lifted off your shoulders and your sins roll off your back and there's just a lightness. I had never experienced that because, you know, I've been saved since, you know, it's was like two and a half and I got resaved every year at family camp. And so, you know, I, I was I was like a serial Christian, um, So the like not the kind you eat for breakfast, like you know, I I am as holy rule following as it gets, and yet when I said yes, I am going to commit myself to this work, and I am going to give the shame back. There was truly a physical lightening of my shoulders.
0: You talk about this this emotional and also physical reaction Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and overwhelming you. Can you tell me how that affected the rest of your life, your home life, uh, your relationship with your husband, um, you know, all those things. Uh, how did it translate from that room of, of safety, um, with a licensed counselor? How did that translate to real world?
1: Yeah. And this is where the hard work comes in because I mean, just like at conference when we have two days of that emotional high, we're all there together. We're learning. It is incredible. You're like, you know, light bulb moments are happening. And then you walk home, go in that door and you're faced with exactly the same situations. You have to take everything you just learned and choose to put it into practice. And so, um, it's kind of like okay, so PTSD. This is this is my um, my layman's way of <laughs> explaining it. Uh, Ryan's going to come in next time, and I'm so excited for you guys to listen to Ryan and, and podcast three. Um, and he's going to talk a lot more about some of this stuff. But I call it like hangover trauma. So when when you have had this dysfunctional traumatic childhood and you have developmental trauma it's how you do life like it just really informs how you do life so and I say that intentionally it informs so you cannot use it as an excuse um you can't just decide say like well you know I had I had a really bad childhood and so you know I didn't have somebody model parenting for me and so I'm and I'm just a horrible parent no, if you've identified that you're a horrible parent, go get some help because you're still responsible for that. You're an adult now and you are responsible. We have to be held accountable for what we're doing now as adults So go get the help you need. And that's kind of where I was that, okay, I've got some hangover stuff that is affecting how I um, parent my relationship with my husband, um, intimacy, intimacy. Like, all of these things, because if you remember what I said, you know, you can't afford to let people get too close if you're still trying to pretend that everything is fine. Well, that's going to include even if your my husband was my hero. But the moment he fell from his pedestal and was human, I was like, well, I didn't sign up for this. I signed up for you to save me. You are my knight in shining armor. And if you're going to hurt me too, then I'm walling back up. I'm closing down. I'm shutting down. Um, Ain't no man going to do that to me again. You know, that kind of.
0: And I'm assuming these aren't, uh, you know, terrible, terrible things Darren's doing. It's just something you're experiencing that's sparking that.
1: Right. So this is my filter and I'm not able to communicate well because, you know, I'm, I'm very passive aggressive use of sarcasm. I'm going to withdraw during an argument. If I can't win, you know, some of those things that are just, I mean, no matter the level of dysfunction, I mean, humanity has fallen. So you're going to have something you've got to get over. And that's called pride. Well, (laughs) pride, pride stinks when you have to get over it. Um, Humility is not fun and saying sorry is not fun. So some of it was just that some of it was, some um, things that came up and, um, I mean, he's, he's a man and he's going to have his own stuff in his own journey and he's human. And so when those things would come up, it was like, no, I didn't sign up for this. I'm done, but I'm not leaving. We're just going to just keep looking perfect. Here, here's the thing I want to say. It's not just about like overcoming this intense need to have perfection. Really, what that was a symptom of was me feeling out of control, and that's one of the things that I had to go in and get some help for. And that affected how I saw God because I didn't think He cared for me. Um, if I have to c- have control of my own life, this isn't a God who is in control of anything. So, yes, I'm a I'm a rule following Christian, but I don't trust in a God who's got the big picture, and who I can rest in. And that's one of the things that I was really at the heart of it all. That's what I was seeking, was a God that I could trust.
0: So as I listen to your story about processing and going to counseling and being in the group, um, you know, I, I'm hearing very, very hard work. Um, not just, you know, we're going to sit in a, in a corner and and draw on a piece of paper and what do you see here and, and what's in these ink blotches? And you know, this it sounds more like guided thinking um through a Christian worldview when you go to a Christian counselor um yeah. on biblical principles that that helps you think through those things, remember those things. Process those things that you've compartmentalized, that you've rationalized, that you've explained away, that you've said aren't all that bad, and yet here they come up, and you're taking them one by one, and let's look at it. Let's what about this, and we might have to come back to this next week, and before you know it, it's three and a half years later, and you've you've had your breakthrough, and you're further down the road on your journey.
1: Yeah, and it's so interesting. Okay, because it doesn't just end just because I've kind of reached this spot of wholeness um it still is something that comes up and where i still have to choose okay i I am recognizing there's a little bit of the old amber shining through here and that's that's not who we're going to be amber you know we've we've chosen we've chosen this route of wholeness we've chosen positive self-talk here um and and even more than that there are Still, so when you when I first went into counseling, um, I was working through the biggies that we would call like tens of trauma, and I'm thinking, okay, so that work through that and kind of find some some resolution there, and then I'm like, oh, well now there's some eights that I didn't realize I was even dealing with. And so sometimes people are like, oh, my goodness, once you start counseling, you, it's like you just never stop because you're just always noticing bad things. No, when you live in a state of survival, it's like, no, I need food and water. And then once you get food and water, you realize, oh, I should probably have some clothes, you know, and so then you realize, oh, I need some clothes. So I, I go find some clothes and you just keep going down the hierarchy down to, oh, now I'm down to twos and threes and it would be nice to have a friend. Like so, that's kind of the same with with this trauma. You just keep uncovering these layers, and it is a bit like that onion. Mean.
0: I think a, another analogy uh, for that might be: you know, I'm a nurse and I work in a hospital, and I've had people come in and they say, "I hate coming into hospitals because they always find something." <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, "Well, uh, they they found it, yes, but it's not that it wasn't there." uh when you you came in it was always there and thank goodness they found it um but that same thing i'm not going to go to a counselor cuz they keep on finding things is is exactly the same it's there you're dealing with it it's a problem uh but you're just limping along and if you went to a professional right. a christian pr- professional uh to get that help it's not that they're finding it it they're they're helping you work through it
1: yes i love that that is so good Again, we talk about, let me just go back to an example because I think stories are really where we see some stuff. Um, I'm going through this this journey during the three and a half years. And at one point, trying on an outfit. And I just realized, like, I'm feeling super angry all of a sudden. Just trying on a brand new dress. And Darren's looking at me he's like, what's going on? Like, wow. And I was like, well... Anytime there's an excessive emotion attached to something, um, you can be sure it's probably tapping into something. And I looked at him and I said, I feel really beautiful right now. And he's like, well, is it, that's not a bad thing, is it? I mean, isn't that what every girl wants? Like, you know, don't you want to feel cute? And I said, yeah, but I feel really angry about feeling beautiful. Like, I'm really mad at myself about this. And he's like, uh-oh. And I was like, I know, and by then I'd done enough work that I knew that meant something and that I was going to have to sit with it. And I was like, no, I'm not ready to do this right now. And he's like, okay, but he sat there, and this is where the support comes in and one of the ways that um, spouses can really help with the process. So Darren looked at me and he said, all right, you know something's here. You're getting more and more angry the more you try to avoid it. Are you going to choose the process like you have said you're going to do? Or are you going to come out and ignore it and make supper? (laughs) And he was like, I am willing to keep track of the kids. I've got supper. I'll keep everything. You can just stay in here. I will stay with you if that's what you want. What would you like from me? And what is your choice? And I was like, go on out. I'm going to choose this. And I shut the door and I locked it and I chose the process and it was ugly.
0: (laughs) And, and wow, Darren, uh, thanks for setting that bar so high for the rest of us. Nothing against you, but he sounds incredibly patient. Um, and honestly, it sounds like God paired you up with the exact person you needed for, for healing and for being your whole self. Not that he completed you, but that uh, he's a helpmate so that God can complete you. Through his grace. Yeah. So what would you say to people who maybe haven't started their journey? They're scared. Um, you know, finding grace story maybe is, is a big step for them, just discovering it or, or joining yeah. uh, a group or subscribing to our email list. They're, they're interested, uh, but scared. Or, or maybe they are on that journey and, you know, they're joining for, for support. Um, But they haven't had their breakthrough like you're talking about. And they just would love for that to happen for them. But they're discouraged right now. Um, And they look at your journey and say three and a half years. I don't know that I can do that. Um, And they're just discouraged or scared. What, What would you say to those people?
1: I remember that. I remember being at the beginning and hearing people talk about how long their journey had taken. And I remember looking at Darren and saying, we can't afford that long. I don't want it to take that long. Um, I, I want to to get this going, and I want to do what I need to do and get this checked off. Like we're gonna make this happen. We're gonna. I'm gonna just be a super healer. I'm gonna just do the work, and um, and then I'm gonna get on to the cool stuff of like writing books and and helping people. And partway through the process, I remember Jesus. Just like I don't have like a lot of revelations from God that are like. Ah, moments. But I do remember partway through just complaining to God and saying, you know, I'm ready to get on with this cool stuff. Like I, I can't just make, have this process take forever. And for him to just, he just kind of put a pause there and said, Amber, you need to understand the cool stuff will come, but this journey of processing of healing Is about restoring the relationship that was lost between you and me when you were given a wrong view of who I am. And so while the cool stuff will come, it is important that you understand this is about you and me right now. Um, And I was like, okay, I have a feeling that means it's gonna take a lot longer because I'm supposed to be all patient and stuff. I'm not a very patient person. Just teach that to me and get it over with. Um, That, though that journey and the cool stuff and and wanting it all to happen really fast give yourself grace allow your body to heal in the way that it needs to just the time frame is not the issue find the supportive community this is not a checklist item processing is a journey that is why we always say journey of restoration um it's not something that you're just going to complete and there's this this quote that I love from Morgan Harper Nichols and I'm going to try to read it slowly so you can get it but bravery is the audacity to be unhindered by failures and to walk with freedom strength and hope in the face of things unknown and so this can be such a scary thing to start. You don't, some, of, some people have, have so disassociated from their trauma, they don't really know what they're getting into. And that's huge as well. And others just know, yeah, you know, it's going to be ugly. There are a lot of times, especially starting Grace's Story, where people have said, wow, you're so brave, um, you know, to have done this and to tell your story. And I don't feel brave. And I didn't really want to be a hero. Um, I wasn't looking to shake things up and, and, you know, be any kind of a standard. I cannot be a standard of the way this should look because everybody's journey is unique. What you are going through is your very own and it is very, very real. And you can always find somebody that is worse off than you. And that's called minimizing. That helps us feel better, but it also can be a stumbling block in getting the work done. So bravery looks different for each of us. But there's something very important about remembering that bravery is walking through things that are scary and unknown and not being so afraid of failure that we don't reach out and ask, like I said last time, asking for some help when we're down in that that hole of it's black down here and I don't know how to get out, but maybe people will think I'm not godly if I reach out for help. Talk to people. Find a friend. Don't tell the whole prayer chain. That's not something, you know, you don't need to tell the whole prayer chain. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. Find a person that you really respect and be brave enough to just say, hey, literally, sometimes that's all it takes. And then your body will kick in. If you can work up the courage to say, hey, and let what follows follow. And then if you are looking for the next few steps, that is exactly why Grace Story is here.
0: Wow, Amber, thank you so much. Uh, Those words were really encouraging. Um, I mean, you know, this is a scary thing to start uh, and an even more challenging and scary thing to continue um, when you're deep in it. You know, you talked a little bit about those roles that people play um, in in traumatic situations. And Ryan Waters, he's our content director, he's going to be coming on uh, in episode three of this podcast to talk about that. Here's a little bit about what he's going to share with us. So sometimes folks take on certain roles in their family and their perception of the role they're playing in their family is often dramatically different from what other people perceive. So for example, uh, the lost child is a common role where the child may feel completely insignificant or lost to their family, but that may not be what was intended. But, what was intended and the felt reality uh, are certainly two very different things. We certainly hope you join us uh, in that episode three to really dig in with a licensed counselor to talk about these different roles. And I'm sure you, our listener, will find uh, something that you attach yourself to on that where you can identify, hey, that's me. Uh, that's how I did react to that. Um, and, and then go a step further. And Grace Story can help you get connected to a community that's that's there to equip you for the journey of restoration. Well, that's all we have for this episode number two. Thank you, everybody, for uh, you know tuning in today. And Amber, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Nate. It has been an honor for you to witness my story with me.
0: And uh, thank you again, the listener. If you haven't already, head on over to gracestoryministries.com and subscribe to our mailing list. And we'll see you next time here on Grace Story Podcast.